When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Box Score Breakdown for Monday, the 22nd of February. I am your host, Mr. Jolly of Sydney. You can find me on Twitter at Mr. Jolly of Sydney. Go right ahead and pause the podcast if you're at somewhere where you can pause. If you're not driving or riding or jogging, pause the podcast and go and add me on Twitter, Mr. Jolly of Sydney. Find lots of interesting hoopball content and other stuff on there. You'll see that I'm a Tottenham Hotspur tragic as well. And sometimes I do polls or share some stuff that might help with your team. You can ask me questions over there, Mr. Jolly of Sydney. My partner, the other host these days mainly is Vince Miracle. He is VM Center on Twitter, of course, based on the Pacific West Coast of the United States. And my partner in Australia is Scotty Harland. He is the Harlander, aka the Harlander, H-A-R Lander 23 on Twitter. He'll be back in a week or so hosting a show every now and then. He's on sabbatical. Shout out to the big knobs from hoop-ball.com. Of course, we're standing on the shoulders of giants as always. Aaron Bruski, Dan Bespris, uh, Kingy, all the editors over there, all the writers, the DFS dudes, the betting experts. Get involved, support one of the best things going in the fantasy NBA world. Get over to hoop dashball.com, follow the content, maybe even become a subscriber to some of the paid content. It is great stuff. Speaking of great stuff, it's NBA basketball. It is Monday night, and I'm joined by the great Hank Aaron, 26 on Twitter. Hank, how are you? Excellent, Mr. Jolly. How are you? Mate, I'm I'm pretty good. Like I, I love good narratives, and I've just watched the end of the, the Wizards versus the Lakers, and the Wizards have won five in a row. And uh, we're probably getting ahead of ourselves because we'll talk about it later in the show. But a great game, overtime, and uh, Beal and Westbrook just uh, rolling back the years. Yeah, both of them looking great. I'm, I'm loving it for Westbrook. I think he's been getting a lot of flack. Um, some of it deserved, but most of it I think has been undeserved for, for a good part of his career. So uh, I'm happy for him, happy to see him winning, and and uh, you know I hope he continues to thrive. Now let's come back to the end of the show and talk about that because I watched most of that game, so I've got some uh, interesting nuggets, especially on the, the last quarter and uh, all the stats. But let's go sort of in the order that you the games were played according to NBA.com. And, you know, when you see that we usually follow the order that they appear there if you're interested. Uh, Chicago Bulls won the first game of the day, 120 points to 100 over the slumping Houston Rockets. Uh, this was a blowout from early on in the game. There was no Cousins for the Rockets, of course, he's, it looks like he's being held out now uh, until they trade him away. Uh, there was huge games from Nwaba for the Bulls, and this was a kind of a Wendell Carter Jr. breakout game. They're probably the big lines, and also Kobe White uh, was big. In terms of the game script, uh, this game was really one on the shooting. The, the Bulls shot 53.8% from the field, whereas Houston was just 38.5% awful. And from the three-point line, 40.1, 41% to 32% uh, in favor of the uh, Bulls. And of course, 
a lot of that has fired off Zach Levine, who's just been really efficient this year. He's really improved. Uh, they had a 46-point third quarter as well, and Levine scored 14 of those points. Uh Billy Donovan's talking a bit of bullshit here, saying uh, Levine is an efficient scorer because he's not taking a lot of shots. Well, that's not true, Billy. He takes a lot of shots. He just hits a lot of them. (laughs) So I'm not sure what he's talking about. Somebody who doesn't hit a lot of shots usually is Kobe White. His percentages are terrible, but he had 24 points today. Let's have a look at these lines in a little bit more detail. The aforementioned Zach Levine, he had uh, 21, 5, and 6. And today... It was true that he didn't take as many shots because he just had 14 uh, shots, 7 for 14 at 50%, but 4 of 6 from deep, uh, very efficient scoring, but it's BS to say that he doesn't take a lot of shots. He didn't take a lot of shots tonight, but (laughs) he has been taking a lot lately. Uh, Kobe White had a good game. He had 24, 10, and 2, 10 of 16 for the field. Get yourself a lottery ticket right there, 57% from 3 as well. Uh, You're not a Kobe White believer. We've talked about this guy before. Uh, does he still remain a sell high? If he can string together a few good games in a row, I think I'm selling him. Absolutely. He remains a sell high for me. Uh, again, and it, it just goes back to the field goal percentage with him. It's, it's hard to see him uh, remaining consistent. He's been pretty good the last couple of weeks up in the top 75 on a per game basis. So you see what happens with his numbers. They they do shoot up pretty quickly when he, when he has those hot shooting games, but it's, he hasn't been able to, to do it consistently for a long period of time. So far, I mean, it's only in his second season. So that is something that hopefully we could see from him next season. But certainly for the rest of this year, uh, I would not bank on him shooting 45 46%. And my guess is he'll regress towards his season average of 41 but before the season is done. Yeah, he's one of those really low, uh, high-volume shooters. Other guys that are a bit like this, Kemba Walker, who just shoots, I think he shot 40 really low for his career. I think it's like 43% for his career and he's under 40% this year. Uh, other, there's a, That's just the first one that comes to mind. But these guys who shoot like that on high volume, they just kill your field goal percentage. It's absolutely brutal. And you can really only have one or two guys, maximum two guys like that on your roster. So for example, Fred Van Vliet is great. He, I've got him on some of my teams. We've talked about him before. He's providing late first round or mid second round value over the last month. He's been amazing. But his field goal percentage is quite low. So if you've got an FVV or a Kyle Lowry or these kind of guys on your team, and then you add Kobe White to that, or you grab Dylan Brooks off the wire as well, God help you. If you've got Kobe White and Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet, you're losing the field goal percentage every single week. And we talked about this before. If you are playing in, we're playing in a COVID season, we get PPDs. If you had Dallas guys last week, you lost a crap ton of games. You cannot afford to be, in my opinion, just tanking, hard tanking on field goal percentage. So what can you do if you've got guys like this? Drop them and pick up bigs off the wire for the bottom of your roster. That's what I've been doing in some leagues, and I'm it's pushed me up two or three spots. You know, when you're deciding who to grab, if you've got your enough of each position and for those extra position, grab your field goal percentage guys who don't hurt you at the foul line. Am I talking nonsense or am I making sense here? You're making a lot of sense. I think one guy that fits into that strategy is Ivica Zubox. Mm. Um, there's, there, I mean, he's he's the perfect guy. He's available on a lot of wires. His field goal percentage is good. His free throw percentage doesn't hurt you. Um, he, he's he's limited to 20 minutes a night, so his his production is limited. But he'll 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 boost your field goal percentage. He won't hurt your free throw percentage, and he won't hurt your turnovers either. And he'll chip in with some rebounds and blocks on and those stats. So. I'm with you 100%. I think I think somebody like Kobe White really hurts uh, your field goal percentage, and, and it's hard to have. Again, Fred Van Vliet is awesome, so of course you're going to play him and, and deal with it. But 
Kobe White, it's it's the juice is not worth the squeeze. So yeah. if you can trade him right now, you know, move him out. The juice is not worth the squeeze. I love that. That is a very good <laughs> with uh, <laughs> with um, with Dylan Brooks. I think if you squeeze it, something other than juice comes out. I won't. Yeah, uh, you know, I would never squeeze. We don't want to squeeze Dylan Brooks. <laughs> yeah, it's more like lancing a giant boil on your back or something. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's let's move on because we do digress. Let's talk about something more positive, which is Wendell Carter Jr. He played 29 minutes. He had 18, 13, an assist, two steals, three blocks. Eight for 14 from the field. This was a great game from Wendell Carter Jr. Should owners of Wendell be excited about this, Hank? Absolutely. And I think a lot of people may have snagged him off the wire once he got hurt. So those owners have really got to be celebrating with him. My biggest concern is going to be whether he can stay healthy for the rest of the season. But he has flashed his potential in the past. He's been pretty good. Top 100 over the last two weeks. I'd expect him to stay there as long as he can stay healthy for the rest of the year. That is good news. I think I've got him in just one league. I think it is only one league, and I sold him somewhere else. But uh, we hope there's more of this that comes up. Obviously, Houston are not very good today. Uh, but you can only play against who is in front of you. Thomas Sadoransky had 10 points, four rebounds, and one steal, four of nine shooting. He is definitely a little bit of an assist streamer. If he's on your wire and you're looking for assists, he'll chip in with a few points as well, and uh, he'll get a couple of threes here and there. He had two three-pointers as well. Patrick Williams is one we're watching. He had 14, seven, and one with a steal and a block. Now, before we started recording the show, I was talking about grabbing guys. If you're in a strong position in your league, uh, Grabbing guys that are more like breakout guys or younger guys who we think towards the end of the season, just through having played more games, will be better. And I mentioned, and I'm going to talk about this later, Teo Maladon from the uh, OKC Thunder. He's a guy I've added in a couple of leagues where I'm first or second, and I feel like there's a very good chance I'm going to – I'm definitely going to make the playoffs, and there's a good chance I'm going to be in that one or two slot in in head-to-head category or points. And so especially in category leagues where Maladon gets um, assists and stuff, I've stashed him. And hope and knowing knowing that say if I drop a Kelly Olynyk, I can probably find something similar to Kelly on the wire at the end of the season. But if Malandon breaks out and starts averaging seven assists a game, I can't find that on the wire. Does Patrick Williams fit into that category as well? Is he good enough for us to say grab this guy? He's going to give you just average end of the bench production now, but at the end of the season, he could be a fifteen five three a steal on a block guy with a. You know, he's certainly got potential, and you know, we've seen that the Bulls have prioritized his development, which is a nice uh, you know, thing to look forward to. And I think, yeah, I think certainly uh, he's worth stashing to see if, if, if he can you know, keep improving, score a little bit more, grab a little bit more, you know, grab a few more boards. His defensive stats are there to some degree. Um, you know, he hits a three. I think he's definitely worth stashing and definitely worth holding on to to see if he can become a top 100 guy or a top 80 guy even by the end of the year. You know, he's one who's a little, been a little bit more buzzy than Maladon because I, I couldn't really find Patrick Williams anywhere. I think he was on teams and then he was off teams and now he's sort of back on teams again. But if he does fall off, these are the kind of guys to just be looking out for when they appear um, on the waiver wire and have a crack at them, especially if you're in a good position with your teams. Uh, obviously, if you're not, then you've really got to look at sort of who's going to give you the best value in that particular week. And you need to look at matchups and try and win those particular matchups. Uh, let's talk about one of those guys that can win your matchups, and that is Thaddeus Young. He had 17, 8, and 5, 8 of 9 shooting. We've talked about him before. He's just been amazing. He's been top 50 over the last month and just keeps on keeping on. 
the, the field goal percentage is magnificent. He doesn't turn the ball over, and I've got him on four or five teams, and he's helping me to the top of the ladder. If he does, if he's a, if he appears and he's around on your wire, go and grab him. It may drop off at some point, but it's not slowing down yet. Now, let's talk about the Rockets. That was a big bit on the Bulls. This won't take as long because uh, there's not that much exciting to talk about, except we've talked about Jay Sean Tate before. He had 12, 8, and 2 assists with 3 steals. Go and check your waiver wire. Don't need to ask Hank. We already talked about this before. He is good, and he will be a good end-of-the-bench guy for you, solid for the rest of the season by the looks of it. You add him. Daniel House Jr. Now, this one is a bit more complicated. 15-6-2 with a steal. Is he doing enough to have 12-team consideration now, Hank? Yes, yes, sir. I think I think he's definitely worth adding. Um, he's someone where Houston looks like they're, they're you know, clearing everyone out. Uh, and the last couple of weeks he's been on the 12-team, you know, He's been top 140, so just barely irrelevant. But he had some bad, bad shooting. So he's been hotter this week. Um, I think as as his minutes go up, I think he's he's a reasonable 12 team guy, and I think he's got enough upside to to be worth owning in a in a 12 team league, especially if you need three pointers. And I think he's an example of the kind of guy I mean that I wouldn't be rushing to add him. But at the end of the season, I'm, I'm I know that there's going to be people like that around, so I'm willing to take risks on, say, a Malandon or like a uh, Pat Williams because I know that there'll be reasonable guys on the wire, especially in shallow leagues like Daniel House Jr. He's not a must-add. PJ Tucker, wow, he played 22 minutes and he had almost nothing, just two rebounds and a steal. Uh, he, he's not a 12-team guy at the moment. Eric Gordon had 13, three and four. Uh, five for 18 shooting. He is another example of a guy I was talking about. I've dropped him in a couple of leagues because like I've got, a, I had a team with him and Anthony Edwards and it was like, I cannot have both of them. If I have both of them, I'm losing field goal percentage every single week. So Gordon, good night. You're done. I'll take Anthony Edwards instead. Jonathan Wall had 15. Jonathan Wall, <laughs> that's very formal. I know, you make him sound like a like, young boy. You like, know? I, make him, I make him sound like a corporate banker or something. Jonathan Wall, <laughs> a 23-year-old corporate banker from Wall Street. There we go, yeah. uh, Wall Street. He had 15, 3, and 7 on 4 of 14 shooting. God, Wall, it started out really good. He needs Christian Wood, doesn't he? Yeah, it's it's they're missing Wood, but... Um... You know, I mean, I mean, Walls obviously you got to hold him and, and and ride it until he comes back. But you know, it's interesting that the young players they have Tate. I mean, Tate's been pretty good too. You know, so um, yeah, I would. I think when's Wood? Is he coming back in two to three weeks? No, no, the, kind of the- he said he's going to be back before the All Star break. So, do you trust the player here, or do you trust your experience as someone watching the NBA for a long time? Yeah, I think I think what I've realized is that the players are typically more optimistic. Mm. Uh, than than what ends up happening. So it's good when they're optimistic, uh, and there's a chance that he'll get back. But um, more likely than not, the the doctors will hold them out, and especially when the All Star break comes in, a lot of a lot of players end up getting held out, even if they are healthy, one or two games before the break. I think the teams always prefer to, to you know go the cautious route. And Houston isn't playing for anything this year, so I'm, I'm sure. If sitting out wood for an extra game or two will give him an extra week or two of rest, they'll, they'll probably take it. Now, the next guy to talk about is David Nwaba. I can't remember his nickname. I think it's the firecracker or the heater or the microwave or the junkyard dog or something. I, help me out if you know, know his name. Someone get in touch. But he's got a nickname, which means he's just like a huge energy guy. And he had 26 minutes, 22 points, nine rebounds, two assists, two steals, nine for 16 from the field. 
just a deep league guy is he, or you know, because they're missing so many people, or or do we do we add this guy and just see what happens? Uh, I I think that he's he's typically um, he's he's had he's had some flashes in the past, but he's never put it together consistently. So I wouldn't I wouldn't expect it to continue with him. You know, free to add him for a game or two, see what happens. But I wouldn't I wouldn't consider him a rest of season. Yeah, now and Sterling Brown is another one like that. He had sixteen four and two, and he had four for four from deep. These are guys where if guys are missing, are definitely injured, or if Woods is still out now, Cousins gone. You could absolutely add these guys and stream them in for a day or two in 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 like weekly streaming le- daily streaming leagues where you can add guys on a daily basis and stream them for one or two games or whatever. Sterling Brown, David Nwaba, in pretty much any format, they are worth having a crack at if you are maximizing a streaming position where like you've normally a guy would only play four games a week, but you can stream one spot and get seven games a week technically if you do it right with back-to-backs and stuff. And these are the kind of guys that you look out to do that, and that can be a good strategy. Uh, if you're interested in that kind of strategy, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. Remember, I'm Mr. Jolly of Sydney on Twitter, and you can definitely ask me some one-to-one advice. There's a few listeners who I do that for. The second game of the evening, I've just got... Wait, re- can I just... Yeah, go just on. One shout-out One shout out for David Maba. Uh, looking at, I'm trying to find out his nickname, which I didn't find out. But I see that he went to Santa Monica College. That's the local community college to me. So shout out to David Nwaba Is that representing right? SMC. Does that mean you're going to add him? Are you? Are you a? Um, a- I, you know, I I really like it, and in my league, it'll be very. I'm sure everyone will like it. He also went to a local high school, Uni High School. So shout out to David Nwaba representing Los Angeles. There you go. Uh, I mean, now I've got I've got to look up his nickname now. I'm just opening this up on the Dream Shake. What what do they call him? David Nwaba. Um, what is his nickname? By the way, he's 28 years old already. He really is a journeyman. Okay, that's his nickname, the Demolition Man. They call him, his, his nicknames are Mr. Dunk and the Demolition Man. Six foot five inches, listed with a seven foot wingspan. Uh, so he's got that those huge arms. But uh, high, high field goal percentage guy as well. His career, 49.2% from the floor. So this is an example of the kind of guy I would prefer to stream a spot and get somebody like David Nwaba on a couple of nights. Maybe you can get Jay Sean Tate here and there. Get these high field goal percentage guys who get defensive stats. Stream that spot. That is better than Eric Gordon just like you know having a couple of good games a week and then dumping all over your field goal percentage on other days. Absolutely, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna add David Nwaba somewhere just for your community college, mate. Um, Thank you. And also because I like high field goal percentage um, wings. It's Valentine's Day coming up. Two million men are already using Manscaped products to groom. Make sure you're one of them. Valentine's Day is upon us. Uh, You don't know where the night is going to take you. And our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you you need to use the best tools for the job. If your girl can't think of what to get you this year, tell her to get the gift that's for you and for her. The best way to get started is with the Manscaped Perfect perfect Package 3.0 full of the best products to keep you looking, smelling, and feeling nice. The perfect package, of course, is led by the revolutionary third-generation lawnmower 3.0 trimmer with its advanced skin-safe technology, which prevents uh, any messes on the bathroom floor and stuff like that because it's waterproof. Uh, That's very important when it's time for Cupid to shoot his arrow, of course. The perfect package also comes with a pair of Manscaped boxes that will keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those over the old used a stinky pair of boxes you have to these high-performance anti-chafing boxes. Complete your grooming game with a new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. That's the signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas. This cologne is a perfect complement to your collection. 
So all of this is the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. That is HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. 20% off and free shipping. Your balls and the people who enjoy them will thank you. So what's going on with the Grizzlies in a couple of sentences, Hank? Are they just uh, bad? Is it just the injury to Jar threw them off? Is it just they have too many players? Is it really a case of uh, they need to do some addition by subtraction? Yeah, I, I mean, they they have some good pieces in place, and I think they're, they're going to figure out how to play together. They Obviously, Jar was out for a while, so it's going to take a little bit of time for them to gel. But I think there's enough players there that they could get – Get competitive, and they'll 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 make a run to to be in that ten team playoff range, and then see if they can give a. They're not going to advance too far in the playoffs, so maybe give one of those top teams at least a competitive first round or second round matchup. Yeah, um, the, I mean, because they got JJJ coming back. Yeah, too, that's true. You know, that's true. So, that, that's so. true. I mean, with with being with. Think reasonably easy to get into the play-in. Maybe there is some hope. Jarmorant was uh, a bit better today. He had 22, four and nine with two steals, ten of 21 from the field, but just zero of four from deep, which is the problem. He's he had two steals today. If he could get you know a steal or more every game and hit a couple of threes, that'd be okay. But not super fantastic. Jonas Valanciunas had 11 and 15, but he was five of 18 from the field. How can a seven-foot man? Be five of eighteen from the field, Hank. <laughs> That's tough. It's tough. I mean, it's a little bit of good defense, probably on 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 uh, Maverick's side, but it's it's uncharacteristic as well for Jonas. So I mean, expect him to bounce back in this next game. And then he has been better. Brandon Clark had just eleven and four. Uh, let's just. But there's so many guys here. I'm going to have to give you like a sort of a one to two sentence limit on each guy, and we'll just blast through them. Brandon Clark, what? Eleven points, four rebounds. Uh, three of six from the field. Triple J is coming back. Is he possibly a drop? Sorry, who? who? Brandon Clark. Uh, he, he had twenty. 20- uh, I, I think he's he's no. He's worth holding. He's worth holding until until you know we see JJJ come back and potentially negatively affect his value, right? So I think I think Brandon Clark has been pretty decent so far this year, and um, he's worth holding until proven otherwise. Okay. All right. You've we, we don't me. know when he's coming back, JJJ. So it's it's been yeah. He's he's just inside the top one hundred. He's in that ninety to one hundred range. At, at times, it's frustrating. And you're right. I shouldn't do any rage drops when he has like a bad week and he has missed time as well. So on totals, that makes everything feel worse because on totals he's more like around one thirty, one forty. Who else? Grayson Allen had just uh, three points and five rebounds. He was a streamer. But he's more, he's definitely just that. So you can drop him if you have him and see when he's going really hot, you can stream him here and there. Desmond Bain had 12 points and two rebounds with two threes on four of nine shooting. Is he a guy in the category of those guys I was talking about earlier, like your Pat Williamses and like your Teo Maladons, who you could stash? Yes, uh, I think so. And I think he's someone that, that you hold on to and, and see how they develop uh, for the rest of the season. What about Melton? He's a crazy He's a crazy guy. It's only 15 minutes, but he still manages seven, four, and two uh, in that time. No steals or blocks today, which is disappointing. He normally will get those, but just two of eight from the field. He's a poor shooter, one of six from deep. If he doesn't get the defensive cats and he doesn't have 22 minutes, is he a must-hold? He, he does. He, he's not a must-hold, but his permanent production has always been very good, and, um, and he's somebody that on that – if you're if you're doing that that approach of of your thirteenth or twelfth guy on your team is a 
you know, kind of a low end guy with, with higher upside. I think he fits that mold. So I think he's also another guy that's worth holding on to, uh, to see how he develops. And I, and I think he's, he does have a shot to be a, a decent guy at the end of the year. He's got, he's got more upside than most players based on his permanent production. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Good luck to you if you're a Grizzlies fan and we hope it works out. It's definitely interesting in terms of fantasy. And it's one of those teams that you've really got to watch really closely because you can find value for a while and then it disappears. Like slow-mo is another example where if you've watched him carefully for the season, you've, he may have been on and off rosters. He's a guy who's like top 80 on the season or something ridiculous. And he's had stretches where he's been top 50. But today, just nine and four with one steal, four of six from the field and one three-pointer. That is not a 12-team line, but he has been providing 12-team value. So if he gets dropped somewhere, uh, he's worth considering to pick up in a place and just and see see what happens. But they've got so many players and they've still got players out. So it's just super duper messy one of the messiest teams of fantasy at the moment atlanta used to be like that but they've had enough injuries where it's kind of cleaned up a bit for the dallas mavericks of course it is luka Doncic. Uh, we're talking about him off air he's the 23rd ranked player in fantasy this season 21 7 and 5 with two steals and a block i have a positive take on this because in most leagues that i'm in nobody's drafted luka until after pick uh 23 like he goes in the third round Sometimes even like like late third round or early fourth round, I think people have listened to all the slander. But you were saying in some of your leagues he goes first or second. That's correct. In all my leagues, he went he went at top five. So um, I mean, I never saw him drop below that that range, and I and I saw him pretty highly rated by a lot of uh, services, not necessarily at Hoopball, but a lot of other places had him pretty high up. So I think part of that is if you are punting turnovers his his value goes up and so if you're in an eight category league he's maybe a little bit more valuable and also uh people tend to overlook negative percentages and in his case he's not horrid on either one so it's a little bit easier to overlook but he's definitely a negative in both percentage categories so um i think it's easy to 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 kind of slip past those and and look at the 30 points per game almost the triple double that he's averaging so you know there's there's a lot of positive there but but in a roto format He's closer to 25 than he is to number one. Yeah, and he's, he's really improved his free throw percentage this season. It's up to, I think it's 77.3 or something, uh, 77.3 yeah, on correct. the season, which is a big improvement for last year where he was at 75%. And I mean, even though that's not a, doesn't look like a huge difference, it is a huge difference when somebody shoots that many three throws because if your average on a week is for your three throws is around 77 or 78%, you can win that category sometimes. Or if you definitely, if you've got other better ones and it pulls up to that 80, 81% mark, you can probably win more than half the time on your free throw percentage. But you're not winning if you've got a guy taking like 20, uh, you know, 15 three throws a game, you're shooting at 75% from the line. So exactly. Those, yeah. Yeah, so it is, it's much better that he's improved. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. had 29-4. He's not worth discussing. He's worth rostering, but he just does what he does. Every now and then he he's, has really good lines and he has some decent ones and then sometimes he's crap, but you hold him because he's a, clearly the third most uh, important fan, guy in real life and fantasy for the Mavericks, although Josh Richardson might have an argument with that. He had 17-7-3 today with two steals, 6-14 from the field. Another guy with a field goal percentage hurts and the peripheral stats have not been that great. But he's one. If I see him on a waiver wire, I think I add him. Do you add Josh Richardson? I'd be tempted to. I mean, we've seen his upside in the past. So 
Um, it's, you know, it's, it's not, wouldn't be too surprising to see him get into the top 70, top 80 range. He has, um, been a little bit disappointing this year, only 152 on the season. Uh, but obviously there's, there's a lot of room for improvement here. We know he can drain threes and, and get steals and, and, you know, chip in with some assists as well. So uh, he's got a good game for fantasy, but he's got to improve on his numbers now. And uh, I'd be, I'd be, you know, I I would, I would add him as the last guy on the roster, even as a 12th guy and and see if he's able to get things uh, in better order over the next two to four weeks. And if he's not, then you can drop him and move on and and try to get someone a little bit better for the playoffs. Uh, Now the rest of the maps, these big guys, uh, Dorian Finney-Smith had four, nine and two on two for 10 shooting. He's a, a big guy, but he sh- his percentages are not fantastic, but but possibly worth rostering. Dwight Powell had six, four, and three, and uh, the other big guy who played for them today was Willie Corley Stein, who had four and six. Of course, there was uh, no uh, Porzingis, which is disappointing. Of those big guys, they're all just borderline, aren't they? More streamers than must adds. That's correct. They're they're all they're all streamers. Um, you can pop them in if someone gets hurt and, and some minutes open up, maybe it allows for a little more consistency. But each one of these guys, you know, you could, you could use them for a few games at a time, but none of them are really strong season-long holds. Now, I need to remind you guys that uh, you need the fantasy pass. The fantasy draft season is well and truly over. We're like about more, we're about a third into the season now, but the fantasy pass is still the best deal in the industry, just $4.99 a month. And now we're, we're into that regular season grind. There is zero commitment. You can sign up for one month for five bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel. We know you'll love it, though. It's always, of course, nice to have that option. I say it's only the cost of a latte or a beer or like I don't know a pie and a pie from the from a pie shop in Australia, which is like a, you know a meat. Do you guys have pies in America? Meat pies? We do have meat pies. It's not something I eat or I'm too familiar with, but they but they are available. Well, they cost about five dollars anyway. My point is, it's the same cost as the fantasy pass, and you can there's there's zero commitment, but plus it's just cheap. You can try it for a month. Check it out. We've got these great appraiser tools, schedules, streaming charts, pickups, drops, and our newest and coolest feature, which is really worth checking out. It's a community of experts and fantasy uh, basketball players asking questions, sharing ideas. It's like a chat. If you know what Slack is, that's kind of what it's like. You can hang out with all the hoopball pros around the clock, get one-on-one help with your team. So please do check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com and click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall. The next game. On the slate today was, of course, a game. <laughs> I've lost my, I lost my sheet. <laughs> there we go. After all of that, uh, there we go. Give me a second. Put on some think music, and here we go. The next game on the slate was, of course, my Oklahoma City Thunder. And I say my because I've got heaps of these guys in my leagues. Uh, they they lost by ninety four points to one hundred and eight. Although it was close until. Uh, towards the end of the third quarter, the second half was a, was a bit of a blowout. The OKC, OKC was in front at halftime, but they got blown out by 12 points in the fourth quarter. Jimmy Butler was facilitating more than scoring. He had 15, 4, and 9 with one steal and one block on 3 for 11 shooting. Kelly Olynyk, we talked about him before, he had 11, 6, and 1 on 4 of 9. He's not a must hold, but you can you can definitely hold him if you like because he's been top 100 on the season. Bam Adebayo had 19, 3, and 5, 7 of 10 from the field. He's just been great. Duncan Robertson had 22, 7, and 2. Kendrick Nunn, 40 minutes, 25, and 9, with three steals and two blocks. Tell the truth, uh, Hank, he's not on any of your teams, is he? No, he's not. And, and I, <laughs> I won't be rushing to Adam either. So. <laughs> 
you know. I mean, he look, he's he's a good guy. He's I don't think he's available in my in my leagues, but he's been a top hundred guy for the season. Uh, so I'll say he's worth owning. I won't I won't I won't criticize him much. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's he's a solid contributor all around. So you, I, I you can't cry over dropping him because he's one of these guys where he played a few games and then when Dragic came back, he was basically out of the rotation. And right now, Dragic is out of the rotation. But the thing with Dragic is he misses so many games. You might as well just hold on to Kendrick Nunn in a roto format, just about, and then bench him when when Dragic is around. Because when Dragic is not there, he's he's like a top sixty guy. That's a great line: twenty five and nine with three three pointers, uh, three steals, and two blocks. That's one of the lines of the day, right there. And he, he has been good. What about the OKC Thunder? This is another team with really interesting fantasy stuff. Of course, Shea Gilgis Alexander had 27, 2, and 5 with a steal on a block on 10, 15 shooting. We don't need to talk about him. He's really getting into that third round value now in the season, and he's been he's been great after a slow start. Darius Baisley, first one, some quick hits with you. 13, 5, and 1 with a steal. 5 of 9 shooting. Is he a guy where if he falls onto your wire, you grab him or not? I don't have him on any of my teams anymore. I just got sick of the percentages. That's right, and and I and I would not add him. He's somebody who came into the season with a lot of hype. He did not deliver, uh, and it's it's unlikely that the percentages will be those issues will be corrected by the end of the season. So I, I he's a pass for me. Yeah, uh, he has some good games. He, there's some games where he just absolutely stuffs the stuffs the rebound category. So he's another one. If he falls under my wire, and I need, and they've got a, their schedule matches up, and it's a good one. They've got a couple of games over three days. I might use one of my ads and stick him on there, but he's absolutely not a must-hold for me. Isaiah Roby is, though. He had 12-5-1 with one steal on four or five shooting with two three-pointers. I've got him because when Al Horford is not, only going to play two games this week because he sits both back-to-backs. Okay, so you have two back-to-backs this week, and Teo Mullen will give you a line like that with a nice percentage, four or five from the field, two of two from deep. Two of two from the foul line. He can shoot. He got a steal for you. On another day, he'll get maybe a block for you. He's not a huge blocks and steals guy, but he'll get some points and rebounds for you. And who knows? At the end of the season, we don't know where Al Horford's going to be, do we? Do we think Al Horford will definitely be on the Thunder? We don't think he's definitely going to be there, and, and we don't know you know, exactly where he's going to be. So I, he's he's a nice guy with nice upside for the rest of the season. So I, I think he's a guy that he's worth stashing and seeing how he can develop as well. And the other one, of course, is Teo Maladon. I've got him in about four or five leagues. Uh, he had uh, shout out to Dan Vespers for his recommendation for him. He had just he had eight five and five today, three of seven shooting. But that's what I mean. A guy with only seven shots who can give you five rebounds, five assists, and two three pointers. There were no steals or blocks, but he does have that upside. I think he had one game where he had six steals. So we're in we're in on Teo. But what about Hamadou Diallo? The hammer is a drop. He had zero four and two. Uh, he doesn't seem to have value anymore. That's correct, even with a good nickname like that. <laughs> Mike Muscala is a three-streamer, though. Mike Muscala had 11-2-1 and one today with three three-pointers. If you need threes in a particular week and he's on your wire or in a game or you need some threes to win on a Sunday, I would consider adding Mike Muscala. Uh, the next game on the slate. Oh, sorry, the next – yeah, we talked about Miami already. There wasn't much to talk about. <laughs> game number no. four – was the Suns against the Blazers. This was a, a massive blowout. The Suns won 132, the Blazers. I think the Blazers were just burnt out after like a, a really good run of winning a lot of big games. They got absolutely smoked by the Suns, who are a good team. Things worth talking about in this game. On the uh, Portland side, of course, Lillard had a bit of a quieter game, but he's still 9 of 17 from the field, which is really good. Uh, less shots than he's been having at 24 and 7. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. was really cold. He had 4 of 18 from the field for just 11 points. 
Cantor was uh, had six and fifteen. Those two guys, I wanted to ask you about. Uh, would you be selling high on Cantus uh, on Cantus? I mean, on Cantor um, because you've got uh, Nurkic coming back. And what about Gary Trent Jr.? Is he a guy you'd sell? With CJ, I, I mean, I sell both back? of them. Yeah. yeah, I'd sell both of them if you can get anything of return. Um, my guess is is most people would not be willing to give much up for either one of them, knowing that Nurkic and uh, CJ are coming back soon. So. If you can get something top hundred for for Cantor, yeah, I, I would do that. Yeah, and may, maybe they're the kind of guys you can put in a two for two. Like I've been getting some offers where those kind of guys turn up in two for twos. And who knows, you might be able to talk someone into it. And see, a little had eighteen and five, but this was kind of blowout affected. Rodney Hood just nine nine points and two rebounds. Uh, and of course, Robert Covington has really bounced back, stuffing one of my MacGyvers. He had six and five only with two assists, but he had a steal. And two blocks and two three pointers. You love those counting strats. Derek Jones Jr. had eight, five, and two uh, on four of four shooting. He's a guy you can stream as well sometimes on those back to backs, or you know, uh, if he's the best thing available or you're in deeper leagues, he's okay to stream, but he's not a, absolutely not a must hold player. The the defensive cats don't don't and don't justify the lack of stuff in other areas. Devin Booker, thirty four, four and four on twelve of seventeen shooting. Is he back? To his best, he's seven. Only seventy seventh on the season, still though. Yeah, I think uh, Chris Paul has taken a lot away from him in terms of the assists. His shooting looks like it's back, and and he has improved uh, his ranking, I believe, over the last few weeks. But still, at seventy seven, I think the big drop off from last season has been the assists, and I don't think those are coming back. So um, I think is is his. his Play is probably going to be disappointing compared to what people were expecting coming into the season. Uh, he was top 50 over the last week, top 40 over the last two weeks. So, um, you know, his, his play has improved and he may end up still in the top 40 or 50 range, possibly even higher. But for someone who finished 29 last year, expecting another step forward this year, he may not be able to reach it if Chris Paul stays healthy. McCall Bridges had another decent game because he had those two blocks uh, to go with two three-pointers on 10-2 and 5. He, he's been good this season. He's stabilized in that sort of 70 to 80 range after being really high early in the season. DeAndre Ayton had a good game. He had 19-5 and 2 with a steal and two blocks on 8 of 11 shooting. They're the kind of games you like from DeAndre, although he's still right around Devin Booker in that 70 range this season. Both of them have been uh, quite disappointing, but I'm not trading or dropping DeAndre Ayton. I just hope that Maybe over the back half of the season, he can be better. Jay Crowder had 21 minutes and he had eight points and three rebounds with two uh, three-pointers. He's definitely a streaming option, as is Dario Saric. had 14-9-1 and one with five, with two three-pointers. He's somebody that you can absolutely stream. Cameron Payne, you can stream. He had seven and three today, which is a quieter game. And Cam Johnson had 13-3. and three. Lots of little streamers that you can add um, on the Sun side. Now, game number five was a really interesting game for a long time. And then the Jazz just absolutely smoked the Hornets uh, from uh, the, se- the second half onwards. But especially in the fourth quarter, it was just massive. They had 28 three-pointers in the game, which is the most in the history of the NBA, including 19 off the bench, which is also a record. Wow, just absolutely massive. Joe Ingles and George's Niang had seven three-pointers each. How about that, Hank? <laughs> yeah, he had uh, Nank had had I believe seven three pointers in <clears throat> just sixteen minutes, so quite a performance for him. Uh, but obviously, not something we would expect to continue. 
Yeah, now, so of these guys, of course, Boyan Bogdanovich is a must-hold. He had 10, 4, and 2 with the steal. He was on a few wires early. He was bad from the three-point line. But for points, uh, you're not going to find a better guy off the wire usually than, say, Bojan. If he has a couple of bad games, you don't drop him. Royce O'Neal is one of the weirdest top 90 fantasy guys of all time. He's still retaining that value. He's 89th. He had 8, 8, and 5 today. I don't have him rostered anywhere because he's just so boring, but... But I, might, I may pick him up to stabilize a team here and there. Uh, Rudy Gobert had 10 and 12 with six blocks, massive. Donovan Mitchell had 23, 4 and 8. Mike Conley had 15, 2 and 5 with three steals and four three-pointers. He's having a great, great spurt. Joe Ingles, 21, 5 and 6 with seven threes. Jordan Clarkson, 22 and 4 with five three-pointers. Now, Clarkson is a must-hole. You, you said that before off-air, but what about Joe Ingles? Joe Ingles, not a, not a, I mean, he's he's a must-hold right now just because of the way he's playing. He's playing very well right now. Uh, but generally speaking, uh, he's somebody that the, the upside isn't isn't so high if they're healthy. But if if the Jazz get an injury or two, then then Ingles' production typically goes up. So um, he is someone that can perform if if the if there's another injury in front of him. Also, Royce O'Neal was someone I strongly considered adding last night. I ended up adding Jake Crowder instead. But O'Neal is also a guy who's consistently been the top 100 for the last couple of seasons. He's been durable. But because he doesn't score, um, people tend to look, including myself, we look in another direction. But he's actually not a bad player to have um, to fill up a spot and to give you some consistent low-end production. Mm, Okay, well, that that makes sense. Uh, Speaking of consistent low-end production, Cody Zeller had eight and seven with three assists for the uh, Charlotte Hornets. And he's worth adding and possibly even holding. He's been providing some nice steady value from the center position. PJ Washington is back in a really big way, and that's great because I've got him in a number of leagues. I drafted him really late in that 100 to 120 range. He had 17, three and four with four steals, uh, five uh, for nine from the field and three three-pointers. He's the kind of guy that you know how good they are because when he's when he's injured, your team doesn't do as well. Yeah, I mean, he's he's an interesting player. He's been top 100 on the year, and, and he's kind of slips under the, the radar. But I think the, the, the blocks and threes combination really is it's a mm. nice one. And very few players, you know, can consistently give you both of those categories. He's one of them, and he plays a whole bunch of, you know, positions. So um, certainly an, an interesting low-end guy and someone who's been a pleasant surprise this season. And the steals as well have been have been pretty good. I've yeah. got him in some roto, and they, they jump out. Terry Rozier had a quieter game today, just 12 points uh, and on only 11 shots. Lamelo Ball had 21-7, four and three steals, eight for 20 from the field. His field goal percentage is rough, but uh, just having a really, really good season. Gordon Hayward had 21-3 and two, which is... Uh, which is fine for him, and he's also been having a great season. Malik Monk had uh, 20 and 6. He had four three-pointers, and he's somebody that you can absolutely consider as a three-point streamer um, and, maybe, and a point streamer as well, but he's not a must-hold. The last game of the evening, which we'll do very quickly, was the Wizards up against the Lakers. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, this was actually a really good game. The Lakers were way out in front. They were up by 17 points in the third quarter, but the Wizards stormed back, had 35 points in the fourth. They actually got in front by about eight points late in the fourth, and then the, the Lakers came back and forced overtime. And then in overtime, uh, Bradley Beal started hitting some shots. He didn't hit shots late in the fourth, he was colder than ice, but uh, but in in the in overtime he was 
I don't know, he had ice in his veins. It's funny, isn't it? Colder than ice means bad, but ice in your veins means good because he hit a couple of big shots. Russell Westbrook <laughs> looked, like, looked like John Stockton out there with his assist, you know, going to slow motion, going across on a diagonal across the top of the key, hitting Rui, uh, Rui Hachimura and Denny Abdia right in the chest. Those guys nailed some big threes for the Wizards down the stretch. It was a really exciting game to watch. And the Wizards are actually 49% from the field as well and 36% from deep, which is pretty good for them. Beal had 33-7 and 6. Westbrook had 32-14 and 9. The, the three throw percentage was pretty bad. I think he was 7 for 10 or 7 for 11 or something like that. Uh, no, actually, it was 7 for 11, so under 70%. But uh, huge lines. Hachimura had 15 and 6. He was good. Robin Lopez had 13 and 2. But Batans, Batans had just 8 points. And Abdia had 8 points. Uh, we talked about the Wizards in some length before. And we're almost out of time. So let's just go to the Lakers. LeBron James had 31, 9 and 13. Uh, now, from a real life and a fantasy perspective, can he keep this up playing this many minutes? He played 43 minutes tonight. They've played five overtime games in their last eight or nine games. What is going to happen with him? How do, how do you feel if you're a fantasy owner of LeBron James or a Lakers fan who uh, is worried about what's going to happen this season? I think you're going to be slightly concerned that he gets overextended. Um, he's been very durable throughout his career. Obviously, his first season with the Lakers, he suffered his first significant injury. In, in a number of years, possibly his first significant injury in his career, unless I'm forgetting about something. But, um, you know, you, you're going to be concerned as a Lakers fan or as a fantasy owner with, with him playing this many minutes and, and pushing this hard to keep the team in contention without Anthony Davis healthy. So it is a little bit disconcerting, but obviously he's proven himself to be very durable. The issue is, as he gets older in age, how hard... Uh, is he going to push himself, and, and how hard is the team? You know, I mean, they're they're going to need him. Obviously, without him, they they're not a playoff team. So um, he's going to have to carry the load. And, and the question is, how long can he keep it up? Um, and and obviously, if you're a Lakers fan or fantasy owner, you don't you don't want that question to be answered. You'd rather have Anthony Davis come back and and lighten the load sooner than later. I think I'd probably sell him after some huge games if I could as well. He's only 37th on the season. He's shooting 70% from the line. There's the big turnovers and the terrible um, uh, free throw percentage, and he's not getting uh, any steals or blocks. So, but it's it's similar to Luca, right? I mean, yeah. his field goal percentage is better, but the poor percentage and the turnovers, those are things that people are just easily overlook. And then, like you said, this year the the blocks are down as well. So. Um, it's just it's easier to overlook it, and you're like seventy oh, percent. It's not so bad, but he has almost six attempts a game, and, and it really does hurt hurt his value. Mm. Now the rest of the Lakers, I don't know if it's even worth talking about. Other than to say, Gasol has some value while uh, AD is out. He had seven five and four today, but he's good for blocks and three pointers as well. If you can handle not getting many points from him, Kuzma had fourteen eleven. He's obviously an ad. Caldwell Pope, Pope is a three point streamer. He had twenty one points today. But he was just hitting his uh, hitting his threes, and that explains that. Harrell had 26 and 9. He is a must-hold. Do not drop him after he has a couple of bad games because he's just going to have some games like this where he absolutely feasts, and that's a huge line, isn't it? 26 and yeah. 9 with two assists. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's definitely someone that, even if he has bad games, you don't drop him. He's been the top 100 guy this year. Uh, I think he was top 100 last year as well. Um, yeah, top 100 last year and top 75 the year before. So he's been very consistent. He's been very good, and he's been very durable as well. So he's he's, he's a must-hold, must must must-own. If somehow he gets loose, 
you know, immediately pick them up. And, and if you can, you know, try to buy low. Although this is not going to be the buy low time because Anthony Davis is out. Last question for the night. I've got Russell Westbrook in a couple of – in an eight-cat league, Roto Weekly, and a nine-cat Roto Weekly. Should I be starting him? Eight-cat, I think I'm just starting him and just write off the percentages um, and deal with it. But in nine category where he's hurting you in maybe three categories, is it worth just – falling into it and starting him and just saying, you know what, if I lose percentages this week, so what? Because leaving the kind of production that he just had today on the bench absolutely hurts. Yeah, it's it's a really tough situation to to bench him and his his free throw percentage you figure would improve at some point, right? It's it's not getting better for some reason. But his, you know, he's on his career. He's he's close to eighty. So I, I mean, I I don't know what's what's going on with that. Um, and I'd expect it to improve. Uh, the field goal percentage it may improve, it may not. Um, but I, I mean, it's it's you're not gonna bench a triple double. Yeah. All right. <laughs> shout out to my shout out to my partner in a couple of leagues, Logan, because I accidentally left Westbrook on. I meant to put him back in because he was good on the weekend and then I forgot in one of the leagues. So I've left him on the bench and we've got an injured guy in one of our leagues this week instead. And, and he's definitely better than that. Hank, it's been a magic uh, Monday again with you. Magic Monday with uh, Hank. Here's Hank Aaron 26 on Twitter. You can, of course, follow me, Mr. Jolly of Sydney on Twitter and my co-host Vince Miracle, VM Center on Twitter. He will be back tomorrow with Adam King of Melbourne and a top hoopball editor, for the next edition of the show, I'll be back, of course, on uh, the next one after that. And then Vince will be gone. That's kind of how it goes. Vince and I will be alternating most nights until Scotty comes back. Thank you very much for your patience as we got through the shows tonight. Hopefully, there was a lot of helpful nuggets for you. Hank, we'll see you next Monday night, mate. See you next week, Mr. Jolly. Thank you so much. And bye for now. This has been a HoopBall presentation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.